Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. I'm Frank Sherwin, zoologist and research associate with the Institute for Creation Research. Join me for today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation. We as creation scientists believe that in the beginning, God created. That means from the very big to the very small, God made it all. So in today's program, we're going to look at the very big and then shift gears, as it were, and look at the very, very small, understanding that God the Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, made it all. He's created an unbelievably big universe. It isn't possible to define or describe just how large the universe is. Nehemiah chapter 9 says, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, and all their host, the earth, and all things that are therein, the seas, and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Psalm 14.1 states that the fool in his heart has said that there is no God. Atheists and pantheists are mere fools in the sight of the omniscient God, regardless of their intellectual achievements. Indeed, the atheist is someone who believes in the scientifically absurd, that nothing created the universe and everything in it. But Job chapter 9 says God performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be numbered. The universe is the totality of all matter and energy, space and time. A typical galaxy, for example, is a swarm of about 100 billion stars, with some having much more. For example, our own Milky Way galaxy is home to over an estimated 200 billion stars and about 50 billion planets. There's more than 100 billion galaxies, and the average is about 300 billion stars each. Well, that's 100 billion times 300 billion, giving the universe containing up to 300 sextillion stars, according to the AP News Story, December 1st of 2010. Psalm 147 says that God tells the number of the stars, and He calls them all by their names. No telescope is ever seen beyond the galaxies to nothingness. When we build larger telescopes, we see deeper into space. We see more galaxies than we didn't know about in every direction that we look. Consider the immensity of the universe with its power. Psalm 19.1 says the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. When we take a look at the immenseness of the universe, we see no limit. Did you ever wonder just how many grains of sand there are in all the world's beaches? Somebody has made the estimate probably 10 sextillion grains of sand. That's 10 sextillion grains of sand, and each grain of sand is uniquely different. King David in praise declares in Psalm 139, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! 
Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Compared to our solar system's small rocky planets, the Earth looks pretty large. But Jupiter is 100 times as large as the Earth. It would take 1 million of our Earths to fill up the Sun. The red supergiant Arcturus is 1,000 times as large as our Sun. Antares dwarfs Arcturus and is a thousand times larger. And Antares is one billion times larger than the Earth. Unbelievably large red supergiant stars include Pollux, Arcturus, Alderdan, Betelgeuse, Antares, Herschel's Garnet Star, KW Sagittarii, V354 Cephei, and if V354 Cephei was placed in the center of our solar system, it would extend to beyond the orbits of Jupiter and Saturn. There are other stars as well. The diameter of our Sun is a mere 860,000 miles across. That means if you got in a car and drove 60 miles an hour, it would take you five years to drive around the Sun just one time. A star called Mu Cephei, C-E-P-H-I, is 1,621 times the Sun's diameter across. That's about 2 billion miles in diameter. God invites us in His Word to consider the greatness and wonder of the stars that He has created. Job 22 says, Is not God in the heights of heaven? And see how lofty are the highest stars. Majestic as the stars in procession, says Song of Songs, chapter 6. As incredible as the majestic display of stars in God's universe is, it almost pales as to what scientists have been discovering in the submicroscopic world of biology, specifically a field called molecular nanotechnology. It is unbelievably sophisticated and complex and we give God the glory. Let's take a short break. I'll continue on this topic when we come back. From sharks to butterflies, bats to orangutans, we can't help but marvel at the stunning and amusing creatures God has made. If you and your kids enjoy learning about animals, then you'll love our book, Guide to Animals, with its beautiful full-color images and fascinating facts. Published by the Institute for Creation Research, Guide to Animals provides answers to many popular questions about the animal kingdom. How do chameleons change colors? How do jellyfish live without a brain? And what happened to the dinosaurs and other extinct animals? Guide to Animals shows how everything that can slither, crawl, soar, or swim displays the handiwork of God. Order your copy of Guide to Animals from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In part one of our program, we looked at incredible display of stars and galaxies found throughout the universe. The universe, it seems like it has no end. We also talked about the fact that there is another field on the very, very small scale called molecular nanotechnology. 
That is, looking at the submicroscopic world of biology using something called an electron microscope. One evolutionist said in 2000 in Nature magazine, volume 408, if you could build a motor one millionth of a millimeter across, you could fit a billion billion of them in a teaspoon. It seems incredible, he said, but biological systems already use molecular motors on this scale, end quote. Well, a millionth of a millimeter is pretty small, considering that a millimeter is about the edge of a dime in thinness. Imagine taking a thin dime and dividing the edge one million times. That's what we're talking about when it comes to molecular nanotechnology. But God has designed molecular motors that are far more complex than any of the molecular machines that have been produced artificially by man. There's simply no comparison of the protein-based molecular machines found in our trillions of cells. So nanotechnology means a study of molecular machines. In Nature magazine, volume 386 said, Some enzyme complexes function literally as machines and come equipped with springs, levers, and even rotary joints. That's happening right now in our hundreds of trillions of cells that are found in our body, that make up our body. Indeed, the most complex molecular machines are proteins found within our trillions of cells. For example, DNA ligase repairs chromosomal damage within the cell's nucleus. God designed this enzyme to join broken nucleotides, and a nucleotide is simply a functional unit of the DNA molecule. And these broken nucleotides are brought together by catalyzing the formation of biochemical bonds, a very, very sophisticated process, and it's going on right now in our bodies. In your high school biology class, you learned about a very small whip-like projection from a cell called the flagellum, designed for locomotion. Flagella in bacteria rapidly turn using a rotary motor. In past decades, more of this ultra-tiny protein motor has been determined, and is it ever complex? A very common bacterium is called E. coli. Some strains of E. coli are designed with flagella. Biologists began to study the E. coli flagellum and determined that it's powered by a constant torque, and a torque is a twisting motion, liquid-cooled, proton-motor-force-powered, reversible rotary motor. All of that packed into a tiny bacterial cell that you can barely see with a light microscope and is much easily seen using an electron microscope. And the structures of this flagellum are not to be believed. Tiny submicroscopic structures such as bearings, stators, rotors, filaments, and so forth. The kind of structures that we see in the universal joint of these large 18-wheeler trucks. The difference being that the flagellar motor is one million times smaller, designed by God. But as fabulous as that seems, Recently, within about the past 10 years, a submicroscopic clutch has been discovered working inside of this tiny molecular machine called a flagellum. The National Science Foundation talked about a paper appearing in Science Magazine describing for the first time how the flagellum's rotations are stopped so the bacteria stops moving. 
What scientists have found in Science Magazine describes for the first time how the flagellum's rotations are stopped so that the bacteria stop moving. The stopping mechanism works that while a bacterium is swimming, it releases a protein that flows between the gear and the engine. This is an amazing process going on within a tiny, tiny submicroscopic engine. So much more can be found as we study the incredible design properties of the single cell that God has designed. Again, we maintain from the very big to the very small, God has made it all. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.